that we come across in our lives. And as I was meditating through what we have been given, I want to talk about this morning. There is something the Lord drew my attention to, and it's wonderful. I want to read. Jesus went as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to his disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you asleep? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Amen. You see, if there's any anxious moment in history, in Bible times, which is greater than the time that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I think that would have been a much bigger price to pay for our salvation than Jesus did. But there is no other anxious moment. Because you see, from what I read from Luke 22, 39 to 46. Here is a man who knew what was about to happen to him. I believe for those of us who are here who carry the prophetic office or the prophetic anointing, most times when you see something and it's about to happen to somebody you know, somebody you love, or even it's about to happen to you, you see how anxious you are to see to it that such things don't happen. If sometimes some of them can even the way and manner they can dramatize what they see. You whom they are telling you, if you don't take care, it might even put you in bondage to fear. Because you are anxious to make sure that things don't go bad. And imagine Jesus Christ being in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing very well exactly what was going to happen to him right after that time. If you were him, what would you do? I mean, as human as it is, and even in his prayer, he says that if his father wills, may may the cup pass from him, but yet not his will, but the will of the father that she signed. In fact, let me tell you as Christians, The most powerful prayer you can pray in your life as a Christian is the prayer of the will of the Father. And that is what Jesus did. And you see, I stand to be corrected, I have not seen it in Scripture, reading the Gospels, that there was a point in time that an angel appeared to Christ after a prayer. We know the devil went to tempt him after his 40 days. He went to John the Baptist to be baptized. The, the Holy Spirit descended on him. But as to an angel appearing to him, Scripture doesn't make mention of anything like that. But listen, 
when Jesus prayed and prayed into the will of his father Bible says that an angel appeared to him and strengthened him he was very very anxious but the moment that he found himself in left to you and I we would have said that no this one we can't but Jesus decided to go through that sacrifice for you and I so when we talk about anxiety, what are we looking at? There are several dictionary definitions. Some say a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. Other definitions go like an unpleasant state of mental uneasiness nervousness, apprehension, and obsession or concern about something, about some uncertain event, an uneasy or distressing desire for something, a state of restlessness, agitation, often accompanied by a distressing sense of oppression or tightness in the stomach. So anytime you find yourself in a situation where you are uneasy, in a situation where you are nervous, in a situation where you are becoming fearful, you should know that anxiety has crept in or is creeping. We are students. There are so many things that go on and so many factors that trigger anxiety. For those of you who were there on Thursday, we talked about some of the things that show that anxiety is at, is at work. And as I said in the, uh, in the definitions, feelings of nervousness, restlessness, or tense, or being tense, having a sense of an impending danger, even sometimes having an increased heart rate or pressure control. Sometimes you can breathe rapidly, depending on whatever is at stake. My gentleman who is leading the service today will tell you that it is not easy walking from where he is sitting up here. It is not easy. In fact, when you buy a common pump on your and Sabina, the only big service not anymore, not the family will be at and change to give support. Just a man here that will be in the just around at Yashi. Because not you say Obia any year then. It can even happen that you are sweating profusely because of whatever it is that you are going to do. One of the things that a lot of us are afraid of is to stand before people and talk like I'm doing. I tell you, if I am to walk down to any of you and give the microphone to and say, say something about the death of Christ. Well, we have five minutes, you begin to So, in our lives, on a daily basis, we come across anxious moments. And listen, it is normal. Believe you me, it is normal to be anxious. But there are times it can go an extra mile. That is when it becomes dangerous. 
It can even get to a point where it becomes a medical condition and you may need to seek medical attention or psychological attention. It can get to that point. But on a normal daily basis, I can imagine most of you when you came to first year for the first time and you were going to your first lecture, how you felt. So what is this lecture going to say? How is it going to be like? Even some of you, when you were leaving your hostels to, your, to the lecture room, even what you were going to wear was a concern. Especially those of you who went to single-sex schools and right from school, you are coming here and you are now going to mingle with the opposite sex. You are very conscious because these are some of the things. I want to be as practical, practicable as possible. I mean, the first time you wrote an exam in the university, it normally starts with missing. All these are signs of anxious moments that we face in our daily lives. You see, what I'm talking about are things that trigger anxiety. So we have environmental factors, and that's, I just made mention of exam. I mean, going into people. All these are minor, minor things that trigger anxiety. Sometimes you are concerned about how you will perform academically. Because you see, probably back at home, you are known to be the best amongst your siblings. So there's a lot of pressure on you to, to, to make the mark. Maybe some, some of your siblings have been to the university, they made second class upper and all that. So your parents expect that with your track record coming from um, uh, primary school, JHS, SHS, you should be able to prove that you can possibly come up with a first class. And it can cause you to be anxious every time concerning your academics. The kind of relationships we build on campus. And I talk of relationships, I'm not only talking about boy-girl relationship, no. But the kind of relationships we build in general also cause us to be anxious, cause us to worry, cause us to be disturbed. Quite recently, one of my daughters was talking to me about a friend of hers who is dating a guy, and the guy is quite abusive, and they are going through challenges, and she's so worried for the lady, she wants the relationship to be called off, and all that, and all that, and I was telling her that, Madam, as Atamos, the late Atamos will say, do fear some. I hope you get it. It may not be a relationship you are in yourself, as in boy-girl relationship, but even your relationship with a female friend. And sometimes the people around you, the burdens they carry can cause you anxiety. So on a daily basis, we are faced with them. Financial issues. I mean, as we sit here, not all of us are coming from the same background. So in terms of financial muscles, our parents, what they give varies. I was speaking to a second year student in my department, and out of the discussion, she, she said, oh, um, on a monthly basis, I am giving 700 Ghana cedis. I said, oh, okay, as a student, what you are, you are being given is somebody's salary. 
And she went on to say that, oh, that is even different from the provisions she's provided for the man. Yes. So in a man, she's giving provisions. I don't know if she's giving money for provisions, but she's provide, she has provisions separate. From money, she has to put in her pocket for her upkeep. Mm. And I asked her, so how much have you saved? Oh, she was like, oh, sir, 2,000 cities per. And I'm like, oh, you have 2,000 Ghana cities in your account. Do you know how many students in KNUST would wish they have probably a quarter of such an amount in their accounts? So we are coming from different backgrounds and financially, we are all not at par. Believe you me, you may be surprised that somebody sitting here hardly manages with 100 Ghana cities to go through a month. So sometimes when a student is not performing well academically, it may not be because the student is not good. It could be some of these challenges. There are some of you here who probably are struggling to pay your school fees. You have to be on scholarship in order, in order to be able to pay your school fees. All these things cause anxiety. Family issues. You sit in school wanting to learn and anytime you get a call from home or you call home, it's either today something has happened or I mean, there's one, always one issue or the other, making it very difficult to concentrate while you are in school. There are some of you, your parents are not together and they are always at each other's neck. And you think that the best thing you can do is to try to bring them together. Last Thursday we were seeing it. Some of them, their problems have existed way before you were born. And you don't have the, 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 the anointing to solve that problem, so please, forget about them. I used to wish that my mother and father would be the perfect couple. So anytime that there's an issue, I will do my best to try and resolve the issue. The more I tried, the worse it got. Because always somebody thinks that you are taking the side of the other person. So it got to a point I said, listen, how you met and how you proposed to my mother and she accepted and all that, I was not there. Dr. Baumia, you and I, we're not there. I was not there. What my mother saw in you that made her accept your proposal, it is her decision. Me, leave me out of your problems. And in fact, it has given me a lot of peace since that time. So the moment my mother calls me to complain, I tell her that, Mommy, I will now sit open on the other one. I will not I hope you get it. Family issues can always cause us anxiety. The trend of fashion in our days is also a big concern to a lot of you. Some people may not be here for service today because they probably have a, a dress or two. So if they wore that yes last week, they wouldn't come this week because it will be a repeated dress. 
At least, oh, I saw it also to me and Tarebe six, seven, ten. Because you have to be a new for now. The call, I'm almost someone who they be a new There are some of you who spend not less than 30 minutes trying to figure out what to wear for Sunday, and we are asking you to pray for even 20 minutes is a burden. Some of you ladies start worrying about your hairdo on Friday. So the trend of fashion these days is also a concern for a lot of you, causing you anxiety. And I wonder, listen to me, if you don't have, you don't have. Don't pretend you have when you don't have. Hmm? As I speak to you now, I have only one shoe for church service. If any of you decides to buy me one, I'll take it. But you see, I won't bother myself that, oh, I wore this shoe on Sunday, so I need to get another shoe, please. Obana me pabwa tuare, then to preach in the wound I hope you get it. No, sometimes we allow these things to cause us to worry for no reason. The district minister appointed me as a caretaker for my congregation. I knew I wasn't having enough jacket and all that. So my wife asked me, so what will you do? I said, I'll wear what I have. So you, you, you most times come to see me on Sunday without jackets. They say, I say, I practice it here in Zedia. They say, I'm better than I'm going jackets. Do you get it? But if on a Sunday, all I have is my trap and my shirt. I neatly iron my shirt and my trap. I put it on. I go and sit there. You come and I'm the caretaker and I speak and you won't listen. Kindly walk out. Because the anointing on me is irrespective of what I wear. I hope you get it. Yes. It is the anointing on me that can be transferred into what I wear. And if I put it on you, you get healed. Other than that, what I wear has no power over you. So the trend of fashion... It's costing a lot of you. Technology. You see, there are some people who migrate from one church to the other because I'm sorry, wait, your moon project your money. Oh, in fact, quite recently, somewhere like 2019, I had a Presbyterian minister who stood in front of my congregation. He was a minister there and told my congregation that he has seen that. I normally don't come to the to church with the Bible. I am always reading the Bible from my phone and it is not right. Mm. But you see, when Moses was given the Ten Commandments, was it written on paper? It was written on a tablet, isn't it? And the tablet has now migrated. It has metamorphosed into what we see today. So Papa, what is your problem? I hope you get it. No, I mean, some of you want the latest phones, iPhone, whatever. I think the latest iPhone costs more than 10,000, isn't it? Oh, it's not up to that. And I wonder why you go and buy a phone that much when somebody is struggling to even feed. So when you have a, a certain circle of friendship, it becomes a competition. 
And when you are using the latest Samsung Galaxy, Galaxy, whatever, we used to see, say, wait, I mean, what is that? In connection to fashion, let's say they, they are a, a group of friends and one of them is about getting married. They, they always need to go and get a new dress to match the occasion and all that. Still, we need the crown now for so. So these are some of the things. Some of, some of you too, what is causing you anxiety is yourself. Your self-image of, your, the, the image of yourself. What do you think of yourself and what do you think people think of you? So because somebody, personally, one of the ladies in my church called me to talk to a colleague of hers. Why? Because the colleague has been saying to herself that she, she is worth nothing. She's worthless. All because their boss in the, in the, in the, in the institution has been, has been saying that she's worthless and she has also agreed that she's worthless. No, it is you are saying, it is you who is saying that I am worthless. Has God said I am worthless? I myself, what do I say concerning myself? Listen, if you have a very good value of yourself, believe you me, you don't care what somebody says concerning you for it to give you headache. I hope you get it. You don't, you don't care. Some of you need your colleagues to give you approval. Listen, there are some of you sitting here, you are even in a relationship because that person gives you approval. That person has been saying, oh, you, I love you. So, so just the mere hearing of the word, I love you. You think that... You see, anxiety can be triggered by spiritual factors. It can be triggered. I'm not saying anxiety is spiritual. Don't get me wrong. But it can be triggered by spiritual factors. Somewhere, last academic year, let me put it that way, in order not to. When, when we did welfare week just like this, right after the week, what's right the, the, the midweek service, Mama Sha came to me that there is a lady who has an issue. When I listened to the lady, in short, she was there when an elder sister called her that she, the elder sister has been struggling to give birth. And when she went to the hospital, the doctor is saying that they have, she has a problem with her ovaries and they are not producing the eggs as they should and that's the reason why it is causing her that. So she should call to find out if any of her sisters has a similar issue. The other sister innocently called this younger sister, told her that this is what the doctor has been saying, so go, to, go and check. And beloved, from the day she heard that, she stopped menstruating for like four months. Yes. She went to the hospital, did checks, and according to her, even though there were times she would miss her period for a month or two, but after that day, from, for four months continuous, it wasn't happening. She had gone to the hospital, even to tech hospital. The scans, everything indicated that there was a problem in the ovaries. So we prayed just after the session. We prayed with her and I told her that she should expect something by Sunday. That was Thursday. So I think Sunday after New service, she sent me a message that yes, she has seen signs of, 
she seen her menses. We said, I said, thank God. Then, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nothing comes. I got in touch with her. She said, Uncle Kwame, a mouth. And she was becoming worried. So then, we needed to make time. So we made time, prayed with her for a couple of times. And from that time up to date, that problem is gone. I hope you get it. So anxiety can be triggered by spiritual issues. It can be that in a family, men don't cross a certain line in terms of age. So you may, you, your father, or when the men are getting closer to that age, it is a problem because they know that there is a tag and they cannot cross. It can be triggered by spiritual issues. Anxiety can be triggered by medical conditions. Can be triggered by medical conditions. If you have a medical condition and, or if you go to the hospital and you are being told that uh, what this and this is what is happening, it's it, just that alone is enough. Anxiety can also be genetic. So some of you sitting here, there are traits you are picking from your parents. And they also picked from their parents. So it's like that. So if you have a father, a mother who is the worrying type, you see one of your siblings being that type. It can be genetic. Okay. But all this said and done, let's ask ourselves, what does the Bible say when it comes to anxiety? Is it when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32, it says, I want you to be free from anxieties. So bear in mind that the will of God for your life is that anxiety will not be a part of you. That's the first thing I want you to take. Secondly, listen, it is a waste of your energy and your time. So it says that, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Listen, it is a waste of your time and your energy to be worried, to be anxious. It is a waste of your time. And as scripture says, how many of you here can tell me for a fact that you got worried about an issue and at the end of the day, the worry produced good results? Can any of you confirm that? You only realize that the worry rather made things what? Worse. I remember quite recently when we were going for SMT national interview and we were there. The guys that were, we went on that day, I mean, they were gathered. Charlie, now what can we? Now what can we? I stood there, I was looking at them. They asked me, can I told them, I have not read it. They're like, hey, I said, they said, Vision 1.5, I said, listen, I have not read it. A, a lot of things. And they're like, hey, take it. I told them, now listen, 
I am not going to worry my head over questions I don't know will come from the panel. I won't. Because scripture makes me understand that I should not worry. And that in times like this, the Holy Spirit will give me what to say. So for me, anytime I go for an interview, that is my point of reference to God. Give me what to say. I sat before the panel and the first question they asked me, why are you here? I said, I'm here to be vetted as a candidate or as a trainee, a special ministerial uh, trainee. He said, okay. He said, you are at a party. So what, what have you done there since you went there? I said, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. Once you are asking me what I have been doing at my congregation, oh, this is a good question. I gave them all that they needed to know. When I was done, the next question, so your profession, your, your master's degree and all that, so what, what's your take on science and, and religion? I told them that, listen, science only seems to confirm, science and, 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 and God. I said that, listen, science only seems to confirm what God has created, simple. So for me, there is no way science can go above God. Then they turned their questions to my wife. She had to answer about five questions and I sat there looking at them. I was done. I was done. And that is it. When it came, I had passed. All their so-called PCG questions between 1.5 and whatever, not a single one of them dropped. I hope you get it. Not a single one of them. So you are not supposed to worry. It's a waste of time. You see, worry can be significant or insignificant. Because when you read Psalm 94, verse 19, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. So, yes, at, at certain points it can be something insignificant, but at a certain point too, it can magnify into something that can trouble you. Anxiety can be burdensome. Listen, it can be a burden that you will drag with you, like Jesus dragging, dragging the cross everywhere you go. MTM. Is this some Proverbs 12 to verse says that an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. An anxious heart weighs a man down. But the only thing that can lift that man up is what? Is a kind word. This morning I came to tell you that if you are being weighed down by a certain challenge. Christ who died on the cross is your redeemer. He says, come to me all ye that are laden from carrying heavy loads and I'll give you rest. Lay it before him. Listen, as a, as a, a, let me reiterate. You don't have the anointing to solve every problem that comes your way. Because Matthew 6, 34, it says that therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Hmm? Do you know what? Worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will what? So it means that tomorrow has a thinking mind of its own. So allow tomorrow to think of what it is going to do when it comes. Don't just sit down. You see, we worry about irrelevant issues. 
Like the lady I was talking about. Obi no need to have a relationship with me about Shana. Oh, how are No, you see, sometimes there are people when they come to you and they say certain things. You, 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 sometimes you are on edge to even walk them out. But as a matter of courtesy, you just listen to their, excuse me to say, their foolishness. And when they finish, you speak something to them and they go out. Me such a thing, I'll not bother you. I've said it before. There was a Nubji student who called me that the, her boyfriend, the guy has been going, following another lady and all that. And she wished that the guy, so I asked her, what's your problem? Is it that your pro, is your problem that the guy doesn't come to church? Or your problem is that the guy is leaving you, which is which? She said both. I said, okay, fine. So what do you want? Is it that you want him to come to church or come to God again, or you want him back? She said both. I said, you can't have the two. You choose one. Since then, I've not heard from her again. She may be sitting here. She knows herself. I've not, I, I, I don't remember meeting her one-on-one, -on -one, but... I told her point blank. Is he the only man on earth? And at the time you were in first year. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So you see, you don't have the anointing to tackle every problem that comes your way. Some of the issues, the best way you can handle them is to let go of them. That's all, and you'll be free. The last thing I want to say in reference to what scripture says concerning anxiety is that it's a decision you make. Somebody will say, how? Do you know it's a decision? Or how, of you don't, how many of you don't know it's a decision? Or you don't, all don't know it? It's a decision. Philippians 4.6, your reference quote says, do not be anxious. That means that you have allowed yourself to be anxious. So scripture or God is telling you that do not what? Be anxious. Listen. When the devil was coming to Eve, he came in a subtle manner to deceive her. And that's what the devil does every time. The devil knows that if he comes to stand before you and tell you to be anxious, you will not mind him. So he will create situations which when you see, you begin to ponder over them and before long, you have accepted that that is how it should be. And you get worried. And that is the, the decision-making point that I'm talking about. You decide whether to be anxious or not to be anxious. It's a decision. So scripture says that, be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Nobody is going to renew your mind for you. Listen, if any of you here is anxious of a situation and we stand here and we pray with the person, even deliver the person, Push the demons into the world and the person goes and says that me, I still cannot come out of this. You lie back. Whatever way we have done, it's of no use. But if the person is ready and willing to take steps onto deliverance, the little that you do, the person will decide. So being worried, being nervous, whatever, being fearful, having it is a decision. There are some of you. Most right here to throw my soul say, oh, this is me and do like that. It's okay. Ladies, no cry, they're say, this is what I'm coach. I bet you're going to say, it's a decision. 
But you see, when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, I'm reading from verse 4. It says that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. How does an argument come? An argument comes from a thought in somebody's mind. I hope you get it. So if the person, if somebody is telling you that Jesus Christ didn't come to die, it is not a recording that the person is playing. It is coming from the person's mind because the person has agreed that it's like that. I hope you get it. So it is saying that these are the kind of thoughts that we come up against and we demolish. Listen, anxiety, as I said, can be a stronghold and you will need the word of God to deal with it. It says that and we take captive every thought to make it obedient unto Christ. How many of you are aware that a lot of fake prophets take people captive based on the things they tell them, their minds? The other time I was telling my students that came to the lab that one of the previous years, a student came to me, said, I have a problem. I said, what is it? She said she was walking after class to her hostel and she met a guy and the guy started prophesying. Your man, I see your mom going to die, a whole lot of things. So she got fearful. And the guy spent time with her that day, even walked her to her room. Only to realize that the guy wanted to sleep with her that very afternoon. Mm. So you see where he, he started from. He took her mind captive, brought her mind to the point where he could say things for her to yield to what he wants. If he had not been the grace of God, she would have probably slept with somebody she, she might have never met again in her life. All in the name of prophecy. Beloved, as I bring my word to a close this morning. Jesus said on the cross that it is finished. And he has given you and I the authority because he says that for he has not given us the spirit of timidity but of love and what? And of self-control. We have that power to be able to disconnect ourselves from these issues that happen. Yes, you may be worried, you may be nervous, it is normal, but you don't have to allow it to become a burden, to get to the point where it takes control of your life. Bow down your heads as we do. I don't know what it is that you are going through. And I want you to pray this morning. 
and commit yourself to the Lord. First and foremost, I want you to thank Him for His finished work on the cross. Let's rise up and let's rise up. Let's rise up. Let's thank God. Let's thank God this morning for His finished work on the cross. We are praying that the peace of God will transcend our hearts. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. One of the things that can help people overcome anxiety.
Jesus, and we pray. Amen. Who do you believe? Is it lights out?